next Sunday, which is the day after Christmas. I know a lot of people has family and stuff that will be in a lot of busy weekends. So uh, plan on calling it off next Sunday, if that's, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping you, you'll spend some time with the family and do all of that. I'm, I, don't, uh, I don't think we'll get in trouble for it. Yeah. So, in, anyway, I just I wanted to share that, and also Wednesday, no service on Wednesday. Uh, nothing really. Uh, uh, so that that's Wednesday and Sunday. And I know it sounds crazy. I'll just share it with you like this. I am a working man. And. Uh, I know my belly don't show it too much. I'm getting a little lazy with the hooven, you know. But uh, sometimes the old pastor needs a little break himself. So it's, you know, I mean, it, that's what it is. You got to go recharge sometimes. Uh, spend a lot of time in it. So I'm not complaining a bit. I love it, but it just refreshes me sometimes. So. Uh, no, no service Wednesday, no service Sunday, and then we'll kick back up on the following Wednesday in our study of Revelation. And I hope y'all were enjoying that study. I'm enjoying that study. It's it's good. Uh, the challenge of prayer. The challenge of prayer, part eight. We've been seven weeks on this, week number eight. I want you to turn with me to First uh, Peter chapter 2, starting in verse 4. You know, we say these same things over and over, but sometimes the little light comes on and you get it. You know what I mean? I mean, you just, uh, you're like, wow, I, I see it now. And, and other people are like, yeah, well, we, we, we've been hearing that for a long time, but they don't get it. But then when they get it, it's like, oh, my gosh. To whom coming as into a living stone, not a dead stone, a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious, Ye also, to whom coming as a living stone, disallowed indeed, but chosen of God and precious, who? Christ. And ye also, you, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. So he says, you are living stones. They used to be stones that they made the temple out of, and people would go up there to worship. But now he says, now the now this new temple is made up of lively stones, which you are. Now watch the purpose to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. You're a holy priesthood. 
And then down in verse 9, you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness. So where were you? It was in darkness. Into his marvelous light. I don't know if we get a hold of that sometimes. I mean... When, when, can you hear the joy that's coming out of Peter when he is saying this? I mean, it's not just words on a page. I mean, he's saying, man, we used to be in darkness, but he's called us out of darkness. We're the priesthood making up this spiritual tabernacle here to offer up spiritual praises unto God. We're his own peculiar people, his purchased possession, bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Called us into his marvelous light. Paul, when he says it, he says, he brought us out of the, uh, of, of the dominion of, of the devil. You know, that other kingdom, if you will. Called us into the kingdom. He calls it of his dear son. His dear son. And then... Back up just a little bit to Hebrews chapter uh, 13, verse 15. But let, or by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Now, giving thanks to his name. Peter says there's a great change that's taken place between the, the Old Testament and these days of the New Testament, the New, the new Covenant. In, uh, in the Old Testament, they had the, the uh, uh, somebody's calling me. Huh. Gone. I better move this thing. It'll be, I'll sit right there. That's the railroad. He says, in the Old Testament, they had this temple made of stones. Built in Jerusalem, which was the dwelling place of God. He, God dwelt there in that temple. I've, I've told you many times to ask any Hebrew, ask any Jew in those days, where does God dwell? None of them would have pointed up in heaven. They would have pointed at the tabernacle. God's, God's told them, that's where I, I am. I'm in the tabernacle. I'm in the temple. I'll meet you there between the cherubims. They never pointed up. That's an American thing. And now he says in this new tabernacle which is made up of people living stones just like the other one was type and shadow but now the true temple has come and so where does God dwell see in that old tabernacle in that old temple that's where God chose to make his name known that's where God chose to make his presence known there in that old temple was the Shekinah glory everybody talks about the Shekinah glory it was there in that temple made a stone, and in that temple made a stone was the tribe of Levi, and particularly out of the family of, of Levi, or, was, or the tribe of Levi, was the family of Aaron. They were the priests, and they offered the bloody sacrifices. They offered the bloody sacrifices every day on the brass altar. Before the ark, they praised God. So now Peter is saying here, since Jesus has come, everything has changed. 
I think about these things sometimes, and and uh, I want you to get such a, a change here. They used to offer a bloody sacrifice. Now we offer another sacrifice, the fruit of our lips, of the praise of the Lord, which is acceptable. How? Through Jesus Christ. No more bloody sacrifices to be offered. Everything's changed. Many are still stuck in the old. They want a bloody sacrifice. And what I mean by that, they want to put somebody else on the altar. You know, you, you, they want to put you on the altar. They want to put you paying for sin. We don't offer bloody sacrifices anymore. That priesthood is over and done with. The only acceptable offering that you have to offer to God through Jesus Christ is the praise that He has done it. Now, He goes through and says, you were called for that very purpose. A holy uh, nation, a royal priesthood, chosen generation. Now think what that meant to those people. Uh, The place where God made his presence known is gone forever. You know, people want to go back and try to rebuild that. They want to go back and try to rebuild the tabernacle, uh, the temple made with, with rocks and stones. Now, bring that same mentality over into the new. They still, When I say people are stuck in the old, they got the same mentality. You would go ask any Hebrew, any Jew of the old, where's the house of God? They would have pointed to Mount Moriah up there at the tabernacle that Solomon built and you know, they would have said right there is the house of God. You know what? They would have been right. Ask 99% of Christians today, where's the house of God? And they'll say, well, that church building over there, that's where God lives. I say, well, where's the ark? Because, we, I mean, he said, I'll meet you there between the cherubims. Is that place got, you, you understand what I'm saying. Everything has changed. Everything has changed. Peter saying, you believers are the most holy place where the glory of God dwells and where His name is revealed to the world. Where His name is revealed. Where His person is made known. You're the stones that build the temple. You're the bricks and mortar of that temple. I mean, Peter or Paul talks about that fitly framed together. It's, it's exactly what he's talking about. You're not just dead stones either. You're lively stones. You ever heard of the word Zoe? You're Zoe stones. That's what Malcolm calls his ranch down in Texas. Zoe Ranch. Isn't that something? Zoe. That's life. That's that's Christ's life. Zoe. Alive with the life of Christ. What is that? That's resurrection life. That's who you are. The most holy place of God. Where would that be? Where he dwells in you. And I want you to understand something. When we gather here, when we assemble here, when we gather, the presence and the glory of God is here. I know it don't look like it sometimes, but there are times when it's seen. Just because you don't see it don't mean it's not here. I'm telling you, when we, I mean, we gathered out here today, the very 
glory and presence of God is here. It's overwhelming when it's seen. But seen or not, the glory of God is here. We, we people here who are living stones are the place where the glory of God dwells. I mean, do you ever think about that? I mean, we forget about it. I mean, do you, I mean you realize when you go to Food City... The glory of God, the creator of heaven and earth, is in Food City. Complaining about the price of hamburger meat. Yeah. But Peter, he says, it's more to it than that. Ye also are the priest in the new temple. Now, priest has got a, got a function, Right? You're a holy priesthood. When you, were, when you were baptized, you were initiated into the priesthood of the new covenant. Not of the tribe of Levi, but after the order of Melchizedek. Right? In the, in the, in the tribe of Levi, you had to be born of natural genealogy or you was excluded. But this one, you're born from above. Born, brought in a new order. Because we went through Hebrews and you see there was a change of the law, there was a necessity, a change of the priesthood also. That whole law, the whole thing, there's a brand new order, which is the order of Melchizedek. You're, you're the lineage of that king priest down there, Melchizedek. Now imagine that. People wonder who Melchizedek is. You're the, you're the priest. You're of that order. And it's a different order because... We don't have a bloody sacrifice. We don't kill lambs and bulls and goats and turtle doves. We only have one sacrifice, and that's the once for all sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ, which we offer continually to the Father through the praise of our lips, giving thanks to Him. Does that make sense? So we are the temple. We who are the temple, who are the priests, offer spiritual sacrifices and, or sacrifices inspired by the Spirit, which is praise. Now, I want to make a little side note right here. Uh, I'm trying to think how, how to word this. You know when you praise... I know uh, this ain't a conjured up thing, okay? I don't want you to get this idea where we got to have the music and it, be, be conjured up and all of that other stuff. Uh, it, it's, it's nothing like that. Um, well, let me keep going and I'll, I'll come back to that. Um, the, there's a word in, in, in ministry that's translated liturgy. Have you guys ever heard of that word, liturgy? And, and most times it's misinterpreted, it's misunderstood. But what it means, basically, is the work of the people. When the church comes together, it's to do litur liturgy. It's to do ministry, to do the work of the people. What? You are the people. So what is the work of the people? It's to offer up spiritual sacrifices of praise and thanksgiving to God. That's your work, if you will. I mean, a priesthood's got something to do. The church has got the wrong idea. Especially today, they come to church for 
many other reasons than to do the work of the ministry. They go to church to be entertained. You know, who's got the best band around? Who's got the best praise team? Who's got the best, you know, all of this other stuff? They, they go to church to get blessed. They go to church to hear a good sermon. They go to church to have a Bible study. We forget, guys, the reason we meet out as a spiritual house is for one reason, to offer up spiritual praises under our Lord and our God through the person of Jesus Christ. That's, I mean, that's it. I mean, we assemble, we gather, the temple coming together to do the work of the people. Not to get blessed, not to be entertained, but to offer spiritual sacrifices, which is to give praise to His name. When I say His name, I'm not saying we put up the name Jesus and then we all gather around that. It's to who He is. As Peter says, to show forth the praises of Him that's done what? That's called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. We're, we're the priests called specifically to give praise to his name. Now, I want to tell you something, guys. They, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, you know, the, the church, I don't know, they get this mindset, these crazy things. But have you ever watched a Jewish feast, a festival? Have you seen them crazy people locked arms and jumping and kicking and dancing around? They look like they're having a blast. I mean, they praise with their whole body. You come around a bunch of charismatics and they look like, I don't know. They, but these people, do you understand what I mean? They knew how to do it. And they, I mean, and they, they, they did it. And it wasn't something that had to be conjured up. And, you know, I, I never did like when the preacher said, I'll give the Lord a hand clap. I just think, uh, you know, uh, I, you know, if i got to encourage you to do that. I mean, if you don't know him enough that, uh, you know, uh, you, you understand what I'm saying here? Show forth the praises of him who's called you out of his marvelous light. I mean, this, this is a spontaneous thing when you begin to know who he is. You know, I don't have to hear the cue of the music and say, oh, hey, we got to sing this song. I mean, it, it, it'll just be part of your conversation. It'll just be part of, of who you are. Have you ever seen, and we call this, have you ever seen a young couple in love, we call it puppy love, maybe, and then all of a sudden, you know, they're just smiling and giggling and all this other stuff, and you kind of realize, oh, they're in puppy love. It's, but see, mature love, that's when you don't laugh no more, and you just come home and turn the TV on and lose yourself in the TV, and you don't hold hands anymore. But you know, when you're young, I mean, yeah, you're holding hands, and you can't wait to see the person. You know what I'm talking about? You can't wait to see them, right, Tracy? See, you But you know what you know what I mean. The excitement goes out of it. But but when it's young, there's excitement right there, and and nobody has to conjure it up. You just you you're, you're thinking in your mind, and all of a sudden, I mean, you're just wow. This you know, I mean, the whole world could be falling down around you, and the very thoughts of the one you love the most in your in your heart and in your mind. Oh, what else? What happens to everything else? It melts away. 
And then do you know that you are the very temple in his very presence? I'm not thinking about him up in heaven. I'm thinking, man, he is in me. He is with me. He's holding me. He's, we're walking together. Where is my beloved? Where is my beloved? The, the little sister said one day. Where is he? Where is he gone? Now he's, oh, I know where he's at. I forgot he's down in his garden of spices. I, I got to go down. I got to find my beloved. Where is he? He's here. We're the priest. I think, you know, when you hear those words, it's like a, it's a labor. Oh my gosh, we, we got to go, we got to go labor. You know, and a lot of those priests, they got there, well, I guess it's my turn. You know, I'll get up and praise the Lord and hallelujah and all, all of these other things. I'm telling you what, when, when Jesus came into them towns, once they realized who he was, they started crying out. We sing the songs. They said, stop them, stop them. He said, you can't stop. These very stones will cry out. Did, did he say, hey, can somebody give the Lord a hand clap? He said, the very stones will cry out. Right? It wasn't on cue. That's what I'm talking about. When we come to prayer, remember that. We mingle that prayer with praise. We begin prayer with praise. Praise got to be found all the way through it in, in, in Philippians. Uh, let me get over there. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. I love King James on this one. Be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. He says, come with thanksgiving. Don't come as a defeated beggar. Don't come as a, a, as a dirty dog. Come with your neck stretched high. Be careful for nothing. Don't come with your tail between your legs. How can you do that? We have the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. Come with your request, head held high, because you're coming in the name of the final victor, and His name is Jesus. We come with victor's praise. We've already won. We, we can go around and sing the song. Saul may have slain his thousands, but David has slain his ten thousand. I didn't do any, but hey, have you seen my king? That's what the little girls were singing down in town, wasn't it? Have you seen my king? And I'm singing the victory song. That's how they went. Come, I mean, Paul is saying, come in here with, with a victory song on your lip. Now on the other side right here, the, the call of Satan, the, 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 the world, anything that we're praying against, darkness, I want you to hear this, is always the call to come and fight. Hear what I'm telling you. Now, I just read to you and Peter, what are you called for? To come and fight? You're called to come and praise. 
every other call, and many in religion, will, they'll want you to come and fight. Well, if I have to go fight, that means the victory ain't won. We are called, I read it to you, go home and read it again, 1 Peter chapter 2. You were called to do the liturgy, the work of the people, to do what? To offer up spiritual sacrifices, which is what? Spiritual praise unto the Lord Jesus Christ. All these others will try to call you out into battle. They'll try to call you to come and fight. Our, our response is to give thanks to Him who's already won. Why would you fight when you've already won? You know, I mean, you're already the victor. Why, why would you go back and fight? you got to take it up with the referee and the judges who has already declared the winner. When Jesus got up from the dead, that was it. It was over. We in Jesus stand in the victory that has already been won. Thanks be to God which giveth us the victory. His victory in Jesus Christ. You already have it. And, and you know what? We, you and I, have come to implement that victory. Implement that victory. Come to enforce that victory. You, you know, just break it down to you. A police officer is an enforcer of the law. He don't make the law, right? The law's already been made. It's already been done. It's already written. It's on the book. It's, it's already decided. And it wasn't decided by the policeman. He's just the enforcer. He didn't put the signs up that says speed limit 55. He just pulls out and says, hey, I'm going to stop you because the law is already on the books. You're going to do 55. You broke the law. And he's an impl implementer. He's an enforcer of the law that's already been written. He goes out and he demands the citizen, to the citizens, this law shall be done. We, you and I, are the enforcers of the new covenant. The decree has already been made. He's declared the decree. He's already done it. I come into a situation and, and there's darkness and curse there. And I say, no, wait a minute. There's another law. It's on the books. Thou shalt be blessed. Do you understand that? And we go in and we enforce it. And look, as the policeman, he's got the badge. Well, guess what your badge is? The Holy Spirit. Now, if they don't like it, you can take it up with my father who is king of kings. Rules and reigns made heaven and the earth. You can take it up with him. So the police officer, you know, he comes in and he writes a ticket. He said, if you don't like it, take it up with the judge. Who's the judge of the quick and the dead? We're here to enforce. We're here to bring about the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're here to bring about the blessing. We aren't here to pass a new law. You understand that? It's already implemented. God has already raised His Son from the dead. Your sins are already forgiven. I mean, you're wallowing in this loser mentality. I'm here to declare something brand new to you. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ who has shed abroad in our hearts the, the love of God. We're here to enforce that which has already been done. I mean, get this through your minds here. This is who you are, a royal priesthood. That is who you are. You've, you want to talk about duty, you got a duty. Your duty is to offer spiritual praises. 
You're not called to fight. The cop ain't called to fight, right? And when we praise, it's from that position. When we, when we ask, it's from a victor's position. It's a position of, of authority, of delight, of, of awesomeness. You get that? We, we praise the name of the Lord. It means to give praise to the self-revelation God has given to us. And where did he do that? In the person, in the face of the Lord Jesus Christ. He has told us who he is. He says, there's none good but my Father. He's told us he is good. Do you get a hold of that? I mean, people can't get that. He is good. I mean, all the people you've ever seen, everything that they've ever done, he said, there's none good. No, not one. But my Father is good. He's shown us that. That's the foundation of our asking. When you go in to ask, do you know he's good? Who He is and what His will is. That's the, that's the highest form of prayer. Uh, praise. It's uh, th- this, this very thing I'm talking about to you. It's faith in action. It's not questioning whether or not Jesus has won the victory. It's moved beyond that to thank Him that He has. And let me tell you something else. That begets faith. I know it starts with faith. If I, if I praise God, which is the highest expression of faith, in so doing it gives birth to more faith. And you, and you grow in it. Yeah. And this praise is what I was going to get to as a matter of the heart. Study is a matter of the head. Study will lead you to being puffed up. Study will lead you to, to being sterile. Study will lead you to debate. It will lead you to argue. But praise is from the heart. Praise is from a heart that knows God at, at, at the level of deepest me. And from deepest me gives thanks and gives praise to God. I mean, this is, this is the kind of things, guys, that, uh, I mean, I don't know. You remember back in the summer, you'd just walk up and them rose bushes was right there and it was covered in roses. You ever just look at that and say, God, that is awesome. And just give praise to God right there. And look at them roses. They're beautiful. Who else could do that? I mean, is there another God out there that could do that? And them lilies? And I mean, who, who could do this? I mean, just to be in awe, I mean... You know, we come up here, it's been a couple years ago when we first put them roses out. And we was up here on Wednesday night and we went, got ready to leave and the deer was standing right there looking in the door eating my roses. But you know, they're majestic. It's awesome, isn't it? I mean, it just, and then, you know, I didn't have to say, well, give the Lord a hand clap. You just look and you're in awe. Man, my father did that. He could have let the deer go eat somebody else's roses. But it's a matter of, of the heart. You know, you know praise, uh, I'll just say this, it, it, it means to brag on. It means to brag on. 
I remember growing up. I don't, I don't know this. Girls probably didn't go through this thing, but boys go through this thing. And, and, and you know, your, your dad is your hero when you're growing up. And, and it's always like, you know, I remember how we used to do it. My dad could beat up your dad. Did anybody else ever do that? <laughs> My dad can run faster than your dad unless they're trying to outrun a cow. And then I had to back up and say, well, dad ain't too fast. But cow wiped him out. Uh, say, my dad's faster than your dad. I've got to say, well, watch chasing him. If it's a cow, maybe your dad is faster. But you, you praise because you know who he is, right? You know who he is. I mean, you know, this is not, you know, kind of give, give me an amen. No, I mean, you just, it just comes out because you know him. I mean, I, I see these things, you know, naturally so. When you're really in love, and it's on, you brag about somebody, you know. I mean, I'd be telling everybody, Tracy makes the best cornbread in the whole world. You just brag about it. Every cornbread is compared to her cornbread, you know. I mean, it's just there, right? I mean, it's just, so I'm eating cornbread like, that's nah, not, yeah. But it's, I mean, it just, it just happens. You know who he is. I mean, who is he? I mean, go over, go over to Matthew here real quick. I mean, who, who is this one? I mean, listen to this. I mean, here's the Christmas story. Give you a little, little Christmas. Uh, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. I mean, who is this guy? Who is it? I mean, she's, this virgin is going to have a baby, and she's going to call his name Jesus. Why? For he shall save his people from their sins. Man, I'd love to stay right there on that, but let me tell you something right there. That's an ever-ongoing thing. Yes, we have been saved. We're being saved. We shall ever be saved. When I say he shall save the people from the sin, we do some stupid stuff. We still do. He saved us on the cross, but still yet, He's right in the, the mess that we make. And He is ever drawing and leading and guiding us and bringing us out of the stupid stuff that we do. He, who is He? This Jesus. This one that we're going to be celebrating that, that is born of this virgin around this time of the year. And now all of this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, listen to this. Behold, this is, he's going back to Isaiah here. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth the son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God up in heaven watching over us. I misquote a lot of bad verses, don't I? Which is being interpreted, God, we're at. With us. And I love this next part. I, I mean, it's just kind of jumped out. Then Joseph being raised from sleep. Have you ever been raised from your sleep? I mean, there's a gospel call to raise you out of your sleep. That says God is with us. He's called us out of darkness into His marvelous light. Men sleep in the darkness. But ye are children of the day, children of the light. Praise directs my whole attention to heaven. 
that, that realm that we're going to have to talk about. If and when you, you praise God, your attention is moved away from what's happening on the earth. In praise, you're giving thanks to God for being who He is. For what He's done in Christ. He, I mean, this same prophet said, you know what His name is? Well, right here it's Emmanuel. But there was, it's not He does wonderful things. His very name is wonderful. I mean, do, do you know... I mean, do you ever just say, well, God, you're wonderful. His very name is wonderful. It's not he does wonderful things. He is wonderful. He is good. Now, this is one of his names. He is good. And one of his names is he is wonderful. And it's that very one you bring your, pra- your prayer to. To the one who is wonderful and who is good. And he is with us. My God. Why, would you, why in the world would you come with your tail between your legs? You remember Jehoshaphat when he was praying? We went over those verses. I mean, you know, he had, he had, he had to remind himself, you're, you're the God in heaven. You rule all nations. None is able to withstand thee. I don't know why I'm getting so worried about this. You know, i got to re- remind myself. I mean, do you do that sometimes? We look around, we see the troubles in the world. It's, wait just a second. Praise will get you out of CNN mindset and get it right back on. Wait a minute, the cattle on a thousand hills is mine. All souls are mine. What in the world am I worried about? I mean, in, in Acts 24, or not Acts 24, Acts uh, verse 4. Remember, this is when uh, Peter and John, and, uh, you know, they healed the man right there. And, and you know, the, we've went through this before, the, the big tussle. So they all come at him and they say, you guys, we got to shut this church down before this thing gets off the ground. And we got to close it down. And they locked them up in jail. And, and Peter and them begins to pray. Look what they pray. And, and, uh, and when they heard that they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God and hast made heaven, earth, and the sea and all that's in them. They began to praise God for making the sea and putting fish in the sea. Now, wait a minute, Peter. You need to get focused on. They're about to close the church down. He says, wait a minute. You ever seen a catfish? Let's just, uh, I'm just like, wait a minute, Peter, we got to get back. He said, I just got to praise God, man. Have, 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 you, have you ever seen a whale? Have you ever seen a porpoise? Oyster toad? I mean, have you ever seen these things? We just got to praise God a minute. Just hang on a second. Peter, no, wait a minute. They're about to close the church down. Now, just hang on. Right? Do you get what I'm saying here? Peter had it right. I mean, who gives a hoot about what the high priest says? And that old order is gone anyway. Peter prays first, and then he said, God, and I want you to behold their threatenings. I'm still in awe over here on this catfish, but they are threatening you. Praise will blot out your problems, and you'll see them in a different perspective. Which, in turn... Affects your request. 
Because you're no longer being crushed by the mountain, you're flying over it. I mean, that's why he said it was raised far, far above all principalities of power. He told John, come up here and I'll show you. I mean, you got this problem, it looks like a mountain. But how big is a mountain when you're flying over? Guys, I flew at 40,000 feet before. Flew over the Rockies and I just looked down at them like, wow. I'm sure to the first settlers, they looked, how are we going to get through this? Look at these mountains. Now we're just flying right over them. See, that's what praise does. Think about Jesus teaching on, on, on the, the prayer he gave us. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I mean, we understand the first part. You know, we got that. Our Father, which art in heaven. What's, what's he saying? Thou art in heaven. See, we have read Emmanuel, God with us, but yet he's in heaven. So how could it be? I just want you to think about it simple. It means he's not locked into this earth situation. He's far above it. Like Jehoshaphat, I've got to remind myself. You're, you're the God of heaven. You're not locked into this situation. I can't pray without moving above this situation and beholding it from heaven's perspective. And, and hallowed means sacred. It means revered. It means held in awe. Hallowed be thy name. And what is his name? It's the revelation, the self-revelation God has given of himself. As you pray, says Jesus, these are the first two ingredients of the, of the recipe. You pray to the Father who is in heaven. And you honor and revere and bow your whole being to all as God revealed himself to be. You don't jump into thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven before you've hallowed his name. Take a little time right there with hallowed be thy name. Because otherwise the, the, the task of bringing the will of God to earth will be too big. You've got to see it from heaven's viewpoint. You've got to hallow the revelation God has given of his name. Then you're ready to take on the world with your request. Go to uh, Psalm 22. Psalm 22. Verse 3. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of of Israel. Inhabits. You know what that means? Inhabit. That's where you live. That's your habitation. Where does he live? In the praises of his people. What, what it means and where does he sit? He sits on a throne. So he is enthroned on the praises of his people. Uh, what that means is the throne is realized. The throne is recognized when people give praises to his name. You don't put him on the throne. He ain't waiting to be crowned. He's on it. But you become aware of it. That he sits on the throne of the universe. You Remember he said abide in me. I in you. I mean he's there. I mean right now I'm just sitting here talking. But you're not aware of the glory of God. You're not aware of the presence of God. So where is he? He inhabits. The, he's enthroned in the praises of his people. That's when it's realized. And who are you? You're a royal priesthood called to do that very thing. I'll be their God. They'll be my people. 
You put all that together, uh, that combination, just by the inspre- just by the very expression of this praise-filled prayer, beats back the energy of this world. Beats it back. When you come to the true gathering of the priest to make up the true tabernacle of the new covenant. Uh, and let me tell you something. As you come, as each one of us gathered out here today, we bring a lot of the dirt with us from the world. You can't help it. You can't avoid it. I guarantee you if anybody stopped by the store this morning or yesterday when you stood in the checkout line, these filth magazines was looking at you in the eye. If you turned on the TV, there was some commercial on it. You got contaminated. You, you understand? I mean, just you, you come and, and you get this dirt on you. You can't avoid it. Corruption everywhere. And I, and I want to tell you something. I, I want you to get a hold of this. There is no middle ground. You're either blessed or cursed. You're either in the kingdom of his dear son or you, you're, you're under the power of Satan. That's it. There ain't no middle ground. There's no neutral. There's no Switzerland here. You're either for him or against him. One or the other. And I want you to realize this. TV is all religious programs. Every program you see on TV is religious programming. And you're thinking, well, no. I mean, how is Yellowstone a religious program or whatever? You know, how is NFL football? Every one is a religious program. They're all evangelists of humanism, bringing you their message to the meaning of life, which is nothing but despair and emptiness and cheating and deception. That's all it is. So they bring it to you and they say, this is what life is. And killing and everything. So they're all religious. That's their evangelism. Now, as we come into the gathering of God's people, as we praise God from our hearts, we're, we're cleansed. I'm going to say something right here. As you praise, you are raptured into a new dimension that cleanses you from this crud of the world and the anxieties and the, and the junk that gets on you. Have you ever... Trying to, have you ever felt the anxieties and the despair of the world? Let me tell you something. If you're feeling it, it's not yours. You have the life of Christ. But you're like a big antenna and you'll tune it in and it'll come in. And, and the devil is so good at it, he'll make you think it's yours. And you'll begin to worry And you'll begin to be full of anxiety and all kinds of trouble. What did Peter say? No. You're a royal priesthood. I mean, there's a priesthood. The priesthood's got duty. And that duty is to offer up spiritual sacrifices unto God. And as you offer and that spiritual sacrifices, which is the praise of who He is. And as you do that, when I say you're cleansed, those things melt away. They're gone. Let me tell you something, this satanic oppression is very real. People don't get this. People think what's going on in Chicago, that's just, let me tell you something. There's darkness 
wrecking havoc in those places. And you know what? Unless you get, you know, come up here to where you're able to see it, you just think, oh, well, there, there is atrocities going on all over the world. You know, uh, I was wondering, and this is just a little side note right here. I know we had all these tornadoes and everything that went up through Kentucky and those places and just devastated uh, those places. Now, I know God didn't send the tornadoes, okay? We live in a fallen world, okay? Remember, God is good. His name is wonderful. I don't associate good and wonderful with tornadoes and destruction. And I, I was wondering why I hadn't heard from Barrow in a, in a little while. You know, I uh, sent him that offering we uh, sent to him. Well, you know, they, they got wiped out by a daggone hurricane, one of the biggest in history. I didn't even know. I just seen it this morning. So I'm, you know, I began to, or last night, I began to pray. Well, Lord, I hope Barrow and his family and all of them is okay. I have no idea. I'm not geographically familiar with a lot of in the Philippines. I don't know where it hit. But I've seen some pictures over there. And I mean, devastation. Devastation. So you can, all of a sudden, you can become worried. But then i got to go back. And i, I got to realize, you know, God's way out in front of me. On, uh, you know. But there's satanic oppression out there. It's very real. And it's more than what you know. And let me tell you something. Satan hates praise. He wants to fight. He despises joy. You know, this, this three-letter word that you can't use in church, fun. We can't have fun. You know, I was telling Jeff this morning, I said, you know, you know one of the uh, things I love about, uh, I said, I love the laughter. I said, when I go up there and we gather out, I hear these people laughing, man, and it just... I said, that's joy, man. That is joy. It's just, and you know what? When you're, every one of you come in here and you, you got things going on in your life. Kids and bills and everybody does. But as you're in laughter and in joy and, and all of that is praise, do, the, do those things seem so trivial? They do. They just sort of melt away. It's like, yeah, we got all this other stuff going on, but it'll be all right. Yeah. I love the laughter. I love the joy. I mean, I've told you, that's what ticked him off about Jesus. He was fun to be around. I can see him. Uh, Jeff, he told me uh, that he went to a wedding yesterday, and he said, his wife's name is Trish, and he said, he said, at the reception, he said, me and Trish dance our butts off. And he said, I could just picture the Lord at that wedding. And he said, I would say he was cutting a rug. Because if you went to a Jewish wedding, I'm telling you what, they, these festivals went on for days. That's why they had to have so much wine. This wasn't all wedding at two, reception at three, we're out of there by four. This thing said, hey, wedding Monday, <laughs> reception starts Tuesday. We'll be out there Sunday. That's the way they did it. And they drank wine and they danced and they sang song. And the Lord Jesus Christ, first miracle he did, was at a wedding, the Feast of Cana. Praise right there. And you're, I mean, 
Satan despises joy. And when people come into the church, it's the first thing they want to do is take the joy out of it. Take the fun out of it, which all of a sudden takes the praise out of it. Oh, we got to be stoic. We got to have long faces. We can't, we can't laugh. I've told you a million times, the kingdom of heaven is joy. It's joy. I mean, what is the song? Joy to the world. Why? The Lord has come. Whose name is what? Wonderful. <laughs> Joy to the world. And we read that he'll be with us and we're his priest. And man, the king don't go nowhere without his priest. And the priest don't go nowhere without the king. You know the word hallelujah? We sang that song hallelujah. That comes from two words. Do y'all know that? The first word is hallel. Hallel, it means to radiate with light. It means to brag. It means to boast. Anybody got any grandkids? Yeah. Ain't they the best in the whole world? My grandkids have been your grandkids. Right? You brag on them. Why? Because of yours. And you know that's part of the halal to brag. So, you know, just like I told you before, I brag on Tracy's cornbread. I brag. Yeah, man, it's delicious. And it really is. I hate when she makes because I eat the whole pan. Right here, her fault. Her fault, right there. Hooven. But the halal means to brag on, it means to praise. And you know, when you, when you do that, you're just, you're just bragging. Just, you're just bragging. And now the second word in that hallelujah is the, is, the, is the yah. And what that is, is the name of God, Yahweh. The, that, that name that says, I am that I am. So the hallelujah is to brag, it's to boast, it's to radiate the light of the name of God. And you know what the light does? It disperses the darkness. And, and I want to tell you what, praise is the mark of a believer. Joy is the mark of a believer as, as well as love. And if you really believe the finished work of Jesus Christ, then you're rejoicing, you're bragging, you're boasting. Go to uh, Psalm uh, chapter 8. He says something here in verse 2. I read it to you out of the King James. Out of the mouths of babes. Everybody knows this verse, don't they? And sucklings, thou hast ordained strength because of thine enemies that thou mightest steal the enemy and the avenger. Thine enemies, God's enemies. Watch the strength coming out of their mouth to silence the enemy and the avenger. I mean, he says these babes, these nursing Infants here, babes and sucklings. Isn't this the, a picture of utter weakness? Babes. They can't even stand up. I mean, they, they're, they're sucklings here. So he's given us a picture of these who are uh, uh, the utmost weakness. I mean, so here's a person that doesn't look like much. One that you would never expect to shut up and silence the enemies of God, the Avengers. Yet out of the mouths of babes, you have ordained. I mean, that's what he says, ordained. That means he, he's appointed, he's decreed. It means he's brought to perfection here. Strength. 
Now, strength here doesn't mean muscle. It, uh, it means a stronghold. Now, a lot of things are going to come to your mind right here because you go back to the Old Testament. Abraham said he's my, what? Strong tower. That meant a stronghold. It means a fortress. He says he's my fortress. Tower of strength. A, a, a refuge that, that you can go to that they can't get you, but a refuge from which you can get them. Now imagine that. Well, there's always a picture in the Bible of this very thing. Very thing. So go to Judges chapter 9 and verse 50. Here's this Philistine dude called Abimelech. And Abimelech went to Thebes. Thebes means... Um, Whiteness. I love that. What is whiteness? The righteousness. You see all these pictures everywhere. They testify of Jesus. Abimelech went to the bears and encamped against the bears and took it. But there was a problem. There was a strong tower in the city. Strong tower in the city. And thither fled all the men and women and all they of the city and shut it to them and got them up to the top of the tower. Here they are, they're being attacked. And they all get to this fortress. They get to this strong tower that's right dead in the middle of the city. And Abimelech came into the tower and fought against it and went hard into the door of the tower to burn it with fire. I told you the devil don't like joy. The devil don't like praise. And he comes at it with everything he is and he wants to set it on fire and he wants to burn it down to the ground. But there was a woman, a certain woman, I wonder who she is. You reckon she's the bride of Christ? She, this woman, she cast a millstone upon Abimelech's head and break his skull. I love that. I wonder what the millstone is. I wonder what the stone is. This stone of stumbling. The rock of offense. The preaching of Jesus Christ is a stumbling. And what is the preaching of Jesus Christ? It, it's joy. It's praise. He's done it and they can't stand it. and They'll come against it. But guess what? I'm in a fortress. I'm in a strong tower in the city. And you can come and try to burn the doors down. But it ain't going to happen. And I love what happened here. Then he called hastily into the young man's armor bearer and said to him, Draw thy sword and slay me. I'm laying on the ground. This woman was done throw the rock and hit me in the head. I want you to kill me so that they might not say a woman did it. That's what she did. He said, I want you to kill me. Because I surely can't go back and say a woman hit me in the head with a rock and kill me. I love that. What is it that comes out of the mouths of these babes that has the ability to create a stronghold? Jesus quotes this very verse in Psalm 8, but he changes it around. Uh, Matthew 21, he's quoting right here, right out of Psalm 2, but he changes the verse up here, 21, 16. Now, 
Let me back up a little bit. Jesus, is, look what he's doing. Verse 14. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. Now the blind and the lame come to Jesus in the temple, and he heals them. And when the chief priest and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were displeased. To the, to the chief priests, the scribes are saying, Jesus, do you realize what they're doing? Make them be quiet. And Jesus responds and says, I hear them. Hearest thou what these say? And Jesus said to him, yeah, yeah, I hear them. Have you never read? Out of the mouths of babes and sucklings, thou hast perfected praise. Now he says in Psalms, strength. But what is that strength? Praise. See, praise, I will say it this way, builds the fortress that shuts up the enemies. People give too much attention to the devil, I'm telling you. Uh, every time people want to go binding the devil, I want to tell you, have you heard the news? He got bound 2,000 years ago when Jesus got up from the dead. He lost all of his authority. It's gone. He's been stripped. Go read Colossians. It's been taken from him. He's been put to an open shame. And I told you, you're not called to fight. You're called to enforce the victory, to implement the victory, to show forth his praises. When we give praise to God, we're lifted into his presence. We become aware of his presence. Don't ever set out to attack the devil. Just be absorbed into the glory of God. Right? Here, here's another one. Uh, Psalm 50. Psalm 50. Verse uh, 23. This is not a law verse. I just want you to understand. Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me. And to him that ordereth his conversation or his lifestyle aright, will I show the salvation of God. Let me, let me tell you what that means. He who brings an offering of praise and thanksgiving honors and glorifies me, God. And I will make a road for him along which I will show him and demonstrate my salvation. What he's saying here is you're on your journey here in life. As you offer praise to God, mount, could be a mountain before you, situation, whatever. As you offer praise to God, a road opens up along the way with the salvation of God. What did we read over there? Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, and he shall what? Save his people. He's the Savior. So here, here I am with all of these things going on. And he says, as you begin to praise God, a way will open up. Jesus said, I am the way. My name is wonderful. And I am salvation. My goodness, he's the whole package here. And where does it begin? With our praise. And out of that will be a demonstration of the salvation of God will come right into your life. You know, sometimes you don't know what to do. Uh, do your duty. Your duty is praise God. I mean, I mean, really. 
I mean, that's, that's, what you're, that's what the royal priesthood does. I mean, when, when you don't know what to do, let's just go sit down here and let's just praise God for who he is. I don't know where we're going, what we're going to do. I don't have any idea. We'll set it off to the side. Hallowed be thy name. Do you ever just stay there? Let's just stay right there for a little while. Hallowed be thy name. I'm going to finish with this right here. Isaiah. Now, we've went over this before, but I just want you to get all of this. Isaiah chapter 37. This again is when Sennacherib, Assyria has come up. And I'm going to tell you what, guys. You don't get this, but these guys were wiping out every nation they come across. And they took the gods of that nation because everybody had gods. And they burned the gods that they have and, and made rubble of them. So here's Israel with his invisible God. And Sennacherib has come up there and he's mocking these people. I mean, we've went over this story many times before. He's mocking them. See, we don't get it. We don't get it. I don't know. Imagine looking out your window and seeing a million-man army coming to wipe you out and destroy everything you got. This is what happens. Here they are. And he sends a letter to Hezekiah the king, basically saying, come out with your hands up. You know, I got you surrounded. All y'all up there in that church, come out with your hands up. Remember, he's a strong tower, a fortress. Remember what that woman did when, when Abimelech surrounded her and was going to burn the place down. Same thing happened to Hezekiah. He's surrounded. The letter comes. Come out with your hands up. And Hezekiah, verse 14, received the letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord, went up to the temple, and spread it before the Lord. He took the letter. He read the letter. He said, uh, this letter's from Sennacherib. He read the letter. And he said, this letter ain't for me. He went up to the house of the Lord and he said, Lord, they wrote this letter to you. This is your letter. I don't know why Sennacherib got, got the name wrong on it, but I know it's to you. And he took that letter up there. And what did he say? And Hezekiah prayed unto the Lord, saying, listen to this prayer. O Lord of hosts. Why did he say host? Every time you hear the Lord of hosts, who is this? This is the God of the armies of heaven. This is the captain of our salvation. This is the captain of the armies of heaven. He first calls on the one he knows who is the captain, the supreme ruler of the armies of heaven. O Lord of hosts. God of Israel, our God. That dwellest between the cherubims. Not somewhere way off. Well, I know where you're at. You're right here and I'm right here where you are. Where you've made known to us who you are. Our God and we're your people, O God of Israel. That dwellest between the cherubims. Thou art God, even thou alone. Of all the kingdoms of the earth, thou hast made heaven and earth. Heaven and earth. You, you get that? You're it. 
You're God alone. I know these guys went over here and they went through every nation and they took their gods and they burnt their gods, but they weren't really gods anyway. They were all gods made of stone and wood and earth. They weren't really God, but I know who you are. And now, therefore, O Lord of God, save us from this from his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that thou art the Lord, even thou only. I'm telling you, it begins with praise. It begins with praise. Do you know who he is? Go take some time with hallowed be his name. Go take some time with O Lord of hosts, God of Israel. You know when... I love it how David went out. You remember this little little kid went out to uh, Goliath? Here's this dude, nine foot tall, brass all over. and He's been out there 80 days in a row making fun of Israel. And Israel's scared to death. And here goes little David with five smooth stones in his hands. Pfft, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who'd see that? I mean, you talk about a brass neck. I mean, looking at, I mean, David standing this tall and this dude's nine foot tall. Who, who does this uncircumcised Philistine think he is? He said, he said, uh, Goliath, let it be known this day. He keeps saying this day. Your carcass is going to be fed to the fowls of the air. Yeah. Come out here and all of this. You remember Jehoshaphat? You remember what Jehoshaphat? Man, he got surrounded. Same thing happened to him. And when it all come down, he reminded himself who God was. And then when it come right down to battle, you know what he did? Give me the singers. Put the singers on the front line. Let them go out and begin to sing. And they went out singing and praising the Lord. And the enemies turned on themselves and killed their own self. Imagine that. Imagine that. I'm telling you all this, guys, because this is how we pray. This is how we approach. See, we've approached God with our tail between our legs in a beggar's mentality, not from a place of victory, not from a place of praise, not understanding how all of this stuff goes in line. This is how. This is how, through praise. Anyway, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quit with that. Probably one more week on this. And we'll, we'll go to something new. Mm-hmm.